kid, science fiction writers would look at the future and envision flying cars and wrist TVs and space travel and robot housemaids and jetpacks and teleporters and all sorts of fun things, even a few of which have come to pass. And there are times I remind myself that while it is 2020, I, I am actually living in the future I envisioned back when I was a kid. Things are not exactly the way I thought they were going to be. Uh, technology, though, has certainly come a long way, but in some ways we've slid backwards. You know, uh, for instance, man walked on the moon in 1969 in the early 70s, but it's been like almost 50 years since man walked on the moon. So is that progress? I don't know. You know, we have instantaneous connection through social media, digital connection. But I read a study recently. We actually have fewer closer friends than we used to have. Uh, as an example, they gave was, you know, 30 years ago, I think the question was asked of a bunch of people, uh, if you had, if you hit bottom and you needed someone to, you know, to, to stay overnight with or to give you 500 bucks to help you out, uh, most people could name about six or seven people that would do that. Today, the same question is, Almost zero. Hmm. So what are we losing as we take a look at what we gain with new products, new technology? It's an interesting question, which I don't even want to try and answer. But, you know, something worth pondering on your own. Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, uh, already February 17th, 2020. And look at this. We're only one day away from the future. You can find me online at tradeshowguy.net. All the stuff is there, all the books, podcasts, exhibits, freebies, and much more. Uh, this week on the podcast is kind of a no video version. It's just kind of the way it worked out. I have a fun and information packed uh, interview that I'm going to share with you that I did with Bob Beverly, a psychotherapist. I, I get his newsletter. You'll hear me talk about that. I've gotten it for years. He's going to share some tips on how to deal with overwhelm. And we kind of talked about this ahead of time, overwhelm that a lot of us get preparing for and going to a trade show. So we thought, well, let's, let's start there. Some good tips here, uh, Bob Beverly. I want to welcome Bob Beverly to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Bob, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know we can't see you, but we can certainly hear you. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Um, had a great checkup with a heart doctor that was preceded by physical therapy. And the only reason to go to physical therapy is when it's over, you feel like a king because they're not putting you in through pain. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear all of that. Now, I came across you because I've subscribed to your newsletter for, I'm sure, literally years. It's what the, the, the dig. Is that what you, you call it? Yeah, the dig. And I've been doing it for about 10 years. So you're Yeah, I, I must have latched on not too long after you started. I couldn't tell you why or how, but there you are. And I read it uh, almost every week. It's, it's really interesting. You are a, a psychotherapist. Is that correct? Yes, I'm a psychotherapist. But I also write books and occasionally do speaking. But what kind of uh, people do you work with when you, uh, is it individuals, is it companies? I'm just curious. Give me a sense of, of, of your work itself. Individuals, mainly. Couples, not very often family therapy because you can't get every member of the family to go. And we're, unless you're really famous therapist, you can't niche down into one topic like divorce specialty you have to be general practice so i've handled oh almost everything i tell people if you're scared to tell me something and i haven't heard something in the same area that's way worse i'll give you a hundred bucks so i've heard it all <laughs> i'm sure dealt with anxiety depression generalized people just feeling tired and overwhelmed um lots of marital issues 
people feeling like, why bother? Why is life, life worth living? Right. Um, well, I know that when we ori- originally talked and I reached out to you, I, I wondered if there was something you could uh, address regarding business. And you said, sure, you could talk about, uh, you know, how people get to overwhelm and dealing with that. Uh, so, so I'm guessing you must have some techniques or some experience with people coming to you and saying, man, I just can't do this job. I'm just this crazy. And of course, there are certain situations. Uh, and we talked about going to a trade show, which is crazy for days. And, and then it's over. But it, you could very easily get overwhelmed in something like that. Is that correct? Oh, very easily. And the thing about our lives, you know, they haven't invented an Apple Watch that can read our soul where you could look down and see that you're 20% overwhelmed, 30% tired, 10% hungover. So the thing I want to tell your listeners is that it's very hard to know what's going on with you, and it doesn't come with a printout. In other words, a lot of stuff going on in us is nameless, which which is why it makes it hard to manage ourselves. So people getting ready for a trade show might not be thinking anything, but they're actually scared and they don't know it. And fear often doesn't announce itself. Fear in us will just say, why don't you go take a break? Uh, And so you should be doing the 26 things that are going to get you ready for your trade show. But instead, you'll suddenly notice you decided to get up and watch television or you decided to go get a snack. And it's not like a voice told you or your computer sent you a message. You're getting scared. Instead, your unconscious will just take you away from the scene. And that can literally happen for years. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that about especially about an event. Others. You know, every year I go to uh, a big show down in Anaheim. It's it's about it's like three weeks from today I'll fly out, um, and it's you know eighty thousand people, uh, thirty five hundred exhibitors. I've got uh, you know a dozen clients there. I'm helping set up booths for four of them and managing this and that. And every time I go down, I look forward to it, but I also kind of dread it. <laughs> you know, and I kind of joke about that, but I do feel you know, the anxiety kind of building up a little bit uh, as we get closer to it, knowing that it's just going to be a week, you know, six days worth of, of kind of chaos and really long days. And, and, and yeah. it'd be great to have some, some ways to look at that, I guess. Well, plus, you know, you may feel there's something wrong with you because a lot of us don't share our pain. If you want to know whether people are in pain at the event, see how many of them are going to go drinking, right? right? Because that. That's how we often just deliberately uh, soften the blow of our fear and our social anxiety. So, you know, the thing I want to tell your listeners is, you know, I could dazzle you with big words and fancy diagnoses. And, you know, I went to psychotherapy for four years and saw seven therapists a week. And I learned all the tricks of the trade and all the diagnosis and all the words. But the number one thing that I've seen in my 60,000 hours of therapy work is that the combination of tired and overwhelmed screws more people up than any other thing I've seen. I am not surprised. And you know what though? It's not very sexy to say that. It's not very, I doubt if I could be, build a big following unless I was a real good marketer, <laughs> but, but it's a real powerful reality 
And so often, you know, people who are tired and overwhelmed will crash and then they'll get called bipolar. And when it's way more simple than that, your horse died, you lost your best friend, and money isn't good, you're going to be feeling like, you know, not, not, not at your best. So this is a simple thing we're talking about, but it's not a simple reality. It's very easy to miss it, miss its power. So once you recognize that, what kind of things can you do just so you're not going into the old habits or, or mindlessly grabbing another three cookies and then at night grabbing another uh, couple of beers? What kind of things can you do to kind of be aware that there's something going on that, that's not abnormal, that you just need to have a few techniques? What kind of things do you look at? Well, whenever anyone's, I mean, I've had a thousand people tell me I'm overwhelmed. I grab, a, you know, I'm talking to you right now. You can't see me. Because, uh, as you know, I am inept on a practical level. And only just before we talked did I find out I don't have a microphone or a camera on my computer. I had to hire a computer expert to tell me that. Anyway, uh, that relates to something related to overwhelm, but don't let me forget about it. Like expert. Write the word expert down, Tim. But okay. I have a piece of paper here, too. Every time people talk to me about... Um, being overwhelmed, I grab a piece of paper and I pen and I do a bicycle spoke wheel with them at the center and I make bicycle spokes and get them to name everything that's getting them down, everything that's overwhelming them. And I usually group them. Once I see the whole list, I'll group them because if you group them together, like for example, if you have no money, that leads to about 20 problems, right? right? But I'll group them together and then, you know, people start to feel like they have a grasp on what, on what they're doing um, or, or why, why they are the way they are. And that initial understanding really calms people. Plus, you know, I'm Scottish and I was brought up not to, not to say that I have any pain. You know, I didn't exactly have the greatest background to be a psychotherapist. But, you know, I had to admit eventually re talking to people, talking about your problems, really just is so soothing and calming. So despite the fact that we all think I am a rock, I am a lot, an island, a rock feels no pain and an island never cries, it's really good to communicate and to talk. The uh, third thing I'd say is, you know, David Allen should bless me for what I'm about to say. I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of David Allen. He's the number one guru of productivity in the world. His getting book, things getting, done, yep. Is just a gold mine of wisdom. Um, and I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine. I met him before he was really famous and kept sending him psychotherapy articles that I knew would relate to his field that he would never have read. So um, he ended up writing a preface to my book. Now, speaking of him, he's an expert, okay? And one of the things that I would say to your audience is that you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that is such a huge factor. Like, you know, we discovered today I'm really inept on a practical level. But, you know, in terms of psychotherapy, when people walk into my office, I'm not glib about it. I take my job seriously. But, you know, what is it to be an expert? It's, it's your, you know what you're good at. I can save people tons of time. And, you know, some of the people that you have listening to you, they don't know what they're good at. So they're getting ready for a whole show trying to do everything and they're not good at everything. 
and they could get some relatives to do some stuff for free. So no one can do it all. Um, and, and that's a way to feel less overwhelmed and less tired. I think that that's, that's spot on in the sense that so many people, and I know I've been one of them and I, and I often am still, that, oh, I can do this all myself. I don't really need to bring anybody in at this point anyway. And so you, you just kind of talk your, your way through it. it, it but it, but I think it, to the point of, you know, like Dirty Harry said, a man's got to know his limitations, right? And, and knowing that, you know, what are you good at? What are you not good at? Uh, I think is a good way of recognizing that. So what, what beyond that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the older you get, like I'm 66 last January, January 5th, that too far away to ask for birthday presents from your audience? Not at all. Hey, Cole. Oh, to kiss New York, 1601. Anyway, you know, the older you get, the more you see the limitations of our body and you feel the limitations of time. And you actually, man, we have to be way wiser the older we get. And it isn't always easy because it's, e it's easy to feel more afraid as we get older. So we need even more help. Well, Bob, this is interesting to, to hear you uh, discuss all of this, you know, about fear and anxiety, especially when it comes to going to big events and, and at work. And I suppose, I suppose this kind of thing could happen on a daily basis to some people in their jobs. I, I guess, um, and I'm sure if I asked you, you had any uh, insight into stories that, that people have told you about that. I'm sure you, you've heard all those as well. Well, I think the biggest thing that I would say is, the relief that people feel when they come to talk to me or someone like me is they feel eventually, you know, not in the first session, that they can tell it like it really is. And a lot of people who have jobs have to sort of present a self that they're not really congruent with. And, the, I, you know, we all have to be civilized. You know, I don't believe we, our lives should be an afternoon, afternoon talk show. But the more we can have a job that's congruent with ourself or to the degree that it isn't, we can really live with it because we know we got to toe up to the boss because he signs our paycheck or whatever. But we really have to track the gap between our ideal self and the life we're living. And if it gets too far apart, it leads to enormous stress. I've had very, I've had famous clients and very wealthy clients and very professional, professionally talented clients, but in whatever way degree, and in whatever degree you're not being true to yourself, that really kills a person because we're built to have integrity and integrity comes from lining up most of our life the way we want it, which is why it's hard to live well and why I don't believe in any quick fix because life's so complex. There's so many ways to mess up and we none of us have enough time to do it all i remember the person in my life who had the most house and the most spectacular um cleanest pool they never ever swim in their pool because they were too busy cleaning their house in their garage their garage was cleaner than your living room though i've never <laughs> seen your living room tim my wife so, is pretty clean <laughs> Good for her. You're a lucky man. I am a lucky man. By the way, that does lead to something, uh, you know, as much as some people are go with the flow and some people are not, I really believe the more you have order in your life and have it the way you want it, the easier it is to live. So you, you, you smile very beautifully at, 
thought of your wife and your clean. I, I would eyes. I would not disagree with you at all. I I I, I really agree with that. I want to get one more bit of information now before we uh, wrap this up, Bob. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And that is, I'd like to steer people to you online. I know the newsletter. I mentioned that at the top. I'd highly recommend that. So, what's the best uh, spot uh, for folks to find you? Um, okay, so my website is called findwisdomnow.com. Okay. Findwisdomnow.com. If you want to sign up for my newsletter, it's uh, on the upper right-hand side of the uh, web page. Okay. And that's where the marketers say it's supposed to be. Other than that, I haven't updated my website in a while. So, you know, all my famous marketing guru friends, please forgive me. Yeah. So no, that's uh, okay. findwisdomnow.com, sign up for the dig. And if you write me an email... Um, I do another thing called the Sharp Club that goes out every day. It's a little bit of wisdom every day. Um, and if you write me at, uh, this is a complex email, but it's B, B, E as in Eric, V as in Victor, E as in Eric, R as in Robert, 1008 at AOL.com. And if you're driving, I'm sorry you didn't get that, but maybe Tim has a way to get it to you. Remember me, I'm incompetent in this gotcha. regard. <laughs> if you write me and just say, I want to join the Sharp Club, on behalf of Tim, I'll let you uh, get in for free. I'm actually going to upgrade it and make it more snazzy in, in a while, but there will always be parts of it where you can get it for free Gotcha. so that I, I can help people later. All right, Bob, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I'm glad we finally connected. I know we had a few uh, bumps and, and bruises and turns and twists to get here, but it's been great. I really appreciate it. And uh, once again, we'll, we'll share people uh, the, the website, findwisdomnow.com. Wisdom, All right, thank, thank you very, you very much. much. Appreciate it. Be well. Thanks again to Bob Beverly for sharing tips on this week's audio-only podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, trade show tip of the week. I've got for you a timeline countdown. Big shows coming up. When you got a really big show coming up, you got to make a timeline of the tasks that have to be done ahead of time. You know, for instance, when you have to ship crates and products to the advanced warehouse, when new graphics have to be completed, submitted prior to production, printing, shipping, matching up with the booth, uh, like when you have to order show services such as electrical or carpet rental, carpet cleaning, whatever it is before the deadline, before you have to pay more. Uh, when you have to book flights and hotels, who does what and when. You know, there are a lot of moving parts and trade shows and much of the work comes way before the show and often should be done before you expect it should be done. So I've always found the easiest way is to create a timeline and, uh, you know, put the reminders in your calendar and task people or yourself with making sure it all gets done and cross them off your list once they are done. And it's interesting also to look back uh, what you did a year ago and say, you know what, I should have done the graphics uh, prep with the graphic guy and the exhibit house like, you know, a month ahead of what I did this year. So we're, we weren't as rushed. Anyway, that's how I would look at it. Uh, create a timeline when you are coming up on a show. Just about to wrap it up. Uh, this week's one good thing. My wife and I finally started watching season four of Better Call Saul with Bob Odenkirk, which is the spinoff from Breaking Bad. I think they're actually in season five on actual TV, but we didn't end up watching it. We just watch it on Netflix so we can watch an episode a night until it's over. Season four is on Netflix. And what I kind of really like about Better Call Saul, we've been watching a lot of programs lately that are kind of like rat-a-tat, very quick, loud music paced. 
And I was noticing as we watched the first episode of season four of Better Call Saul, it's it's kind of laconic. It's it's kind of laid back. The the scenes go on a little longer, and you have to kind of you know take a different pace. It's got a whole different pace to it, and you have a different outlook on on the way the story is developed. And uh, I really like that about it. Better Call Saul is on uh, Netflix. That's this week's one good thing. Have yourself a great week. Catch you next week here on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee.